Let's get into the Word, can we? If you have your Bibles, or if you have your Bible app, turn to Ruth chapter 3, verse 3. Ruth chapter 3, verse 3. In just a minute, we're going to go into a time of worship, and, and uh, I, I, I love worship. I love, I love going into God's presence. I don't want to be ashamed of worship. Some people tell me, well, men aren't going to worship, and I think that's that's baloney. I think men ought to be the greatest worshipers. David was a man after God's own heart. Worship is not just for women. It's for men. It's for people that love God, that want to focus on God, and want to express their love towards him in a tangible, expressive way. And so we're going to go into worship. But as I was reading Ruth, uh, anybody ever read the book of Ruth? It's in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a great story. And, I, and for you that aren't familiar with it, I, I think I think you can parallel it, parallel it, is that a word, parallel it, that might be a word, into, into entering into worship. So Ruth is this story that, that, that it starts with a lady by the name of Naomi, and Naomi is from Jerusalem, and, and, and she's a Jew, and she has a husband, and, and there's a great, there, there's, a, there's a famine, and so they move to Moab to try to get some relief from the famine, and while they're in Moab, uh, Naomi and her husband have two boys, and those boys grow, and, and good things happen. And, and, and when these boys are of age, these boys marry two women, uh, two separate women. And one of the women is Ruth. So Naomi's son is married to Ruth. About that time, Naomi's husband dies, so she becomes a widow. And then not long after that, Ruth's husband, Naomi's son, dies. And so now, now they're both widows. So, so, so Naomi says, Ruth, hey, it's time to go back to your people. It's time. I'm just, a, I'm just a widow. I don't have anything to offer you. But Ruth says, hey, I've been with you so long. I don't know anything different. Your people are going to become my people. I'm just going to go with you wherever you go. And Naomi couldn't talk her out of it. So Ruth and Naomi, because now they're widows, because now they don't have anybody to fend for them, they head back to Jerusalem, Naomi's hometown. And when they get to Jerusalem, they're, they're still in mourning over the loss of their spouses, and, and they're looking for a kinsman redeemer. You say, well, what is a kinsman redeemer? It, it's, it's part of the Pentateuch, it's part of the law, that if there was a widow, if there was a family member, a relative, in distress, are in trouble, are in need, that it was the privilege or the responsibility of one of the male relatives to be their kinsman the redeemer. It's a deliverer or a rescuer. I'm going to take, take it on myself. I have some relatives, women specifically, that are in need, that are in danger, or that, 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 that are just without, and I'm going I'm to take on the responsibility for caring for them. And so the guy that, that and I'm talking a lot, you need to read the, it's, it's only four or five chapters, but it's a great little story. And so, and so they, get, they get to Jerusalem, and they find this guy, Boaz, that's his name, Boaz. And, and uh, he's a strapping man, great guy. He's a single man. And he is Naomi's late husband's relative. So he, he could be a kinsman redeemer. And he ought, not only a kinsman redeemer, but he would make a great husband or a great groom for Ruth and say, no, so Naomi is kind of, she's kind of, you know, making the love matchmaker, matchmakers.com, go on. She's trying to figure it all out. And so she goes, okay, uh, Ruth, I know where Boaz is, and I, I know what he's about, and, and this is what she tells him. 
So, so you got the picture. Ruth's trying to kind of get in good with Boaz. So Boaz won't only be her kinsman redeemer, her rescuer, or her deliverer, but that he will take her on as his bride. This is what Naomi says. Tonight he will be winnowing, not exactly sure what that means, barley on the threshing floor. And this is what she tells him. And I think there's a, cor- there's a correlation. I think, I think she's got... This is a type of Jesus. You remember Barry's sermon a few weeks ago? He did such a great job. And he went through the Old Testament. He talked about all the types of Christ. This is a type of Christ. Boaz is a, is a, is a bachelor in Jerusalem who can be a rescuer, our deliverer. Jesus is a man from Jerusalem who came to rescue and deliver his children. And so I think as Ruth, uh, Naomi is talking to Ruth, God could be talking to us about entering into worship. It's going to get better, I promise. So this is what she says. Why? This is what Naomi says. Hey, Ruth, before you go see Boaz, before you go into the presence of God for us, wash and put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. First thing you got to do, Ruth, is you got to wash up. You got to clean up. Put a little perfume on. Put a little smell good on. You, you, you want to be, be clean when you go into the presence of Boaz. Do you know when you go into the presence of God, you want to be clean. You, you want to be washed. You want to be, be white. You, you wanna, here's what the proverb writer, uh, the psalmist said. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? In just a moment, we're going we're gonna to go up to the hill of the Lord. Who may stand in his holy place? Can anybody? Is, 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 it, is, it, is it wide open? No, no, no. The psalmist said, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You've got to, and this is what Isaiah said, hey, wash and be clean before you go into the presence of the Lord. Okay, pastor, how do I do that? I'll tell you how. It's all about confession. It's about confession is a way that you get clean. Confession, agreeing with God concerning your sins. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. The verse before that just said, if you don't, if you don't admit you have a sin, the truth is not in you and you're not living by the light. In fact, and, the, and John's whole thing is, I don't want you to sin. I hope you don't sin. But your human nature is the sin. And when you do, if you'll confess, if you'll uh, confess means to agree with God. If you'll agree with God concerning your sin, that it's wrong, that it hurts his heart, that it's not good for you. He will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession prepares the way for worship. Confession is like a farmer preparing the ground to plant the seed. Confession invites the Lord to, 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 to uh, s- turn the soil of your heart. Oh, oh, there's a rock of greed over there. Let me, let me remove that. Oh, there's a root of, bit, of bitterness. And as you confess it, there's a stump of pride, a weed of offense. And when that junk is removed, we can come boldly into the throne room of grace to find mercy and help in time of need. Here's what the psalmist said. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You, you, you know what regarding wickedness is? It's not confessing sin. It's not agreeing with God concerning that you've missed the mark or you've come short or, 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 you've, or you've blown it. You, you know why? I, I think unconfessed sin, it, 
why we're, we're not seeing a manifestation of God or, or we're, not, we're not sensing his presence like we want to because we're rushing into his presence with dirty hands and double minds and defiled hearts and you can't come into the presence of a holy God dirty. Naomi told Ruth, hey, before you go, wash up, clean up. Before you come into God's presence, confess and get right before the Lord. Here, he who conceals his sin does not prosper. Oh, I'm all right. I'll keep it to myself. But whoever confesses and renounces finds mercy. And confession always goes along with renouncing. Repentance always goes along with, with change. There's a, there's a fruit that comes from repentance. There's, there's renouncing that comes with confession. You, you just can't agree with God concerning your sin. You got to agree with him to the degree that it's going to make you want to change your life, that you're going to want to go the, the different direction. When you conceal your sin, you don't prosper. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have the, the presence and the power and the, and the glory of God that we want. And I'm not saying be perfect, you understand this, but he who confesses and renounces, God, I've blown it in this area. I've messed up here. I've I've, I've done this wrong and, and renounces it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to turn from it with the help of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they can find mercy. Unconfessed sin pushes us away from God. Let me say it this way. Prayer prevents us from sin, and sin prevents us from prayer. When there's sin in your heart, it, you just... You don't feel right. You don't feel comfortable coming. Here, let me say it this way. Those who keep secrets from God keep their distance from God. But those who are honest with God draw near to God. When I was 16, I hadn't had my license, but I don't know, just a couple months. And I was coming home from church on a Sunday night. And I was, you know, I was feeling good. And I was, I don't know, I was 16, doing my own thing. Just been to church. It's a great night. And uh, I see blue lights in my rearview mirror. And I look down, and I'm going 58 and a 45. I ain't had my license for like two months. And my dad's warned me like a million times. The first ticket you get, the keys are my, I mean, you know, he's giving me the big speech. And here comes that, that, that police officer, big sombrero hat, you know, the big old belt with all this stuff. And, and he's walking up to the car. And, and, you know, young man, you know how fast you're going. Why do they ask that? PJ, why do you ask? You know, you got the stinking little, you got the little radar. You know how fast I was going. Why are you asking that? You, you, you know. And, and, uh, and, 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 and he said, and then I was so nervous. I was so scared. I was like stuttering and probably sweating. And, and he asked me, have you been drinking, son? And, you know, I wanted to say something like, I've been to church. I'm drunk on the Holy Ghost, sir. <laughs> I've been drinking from the river, the well that never can run dry. But I didn't say any of that. But I thought about that, and I said no. And, and uh, so anyway, long story short, he gives me a ticket. And, 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 and I go, again, two months in, and, and I've got a ticket, 58 and a 45. And, and I didn't want to face my dad. I go into the house, and my dad's there. And, he, you know, he's wanting to talk. And I'm like, hey, Dad, I got homework to do. I got to go to bed because I knew I, I, won't go, I didn't want to talk about this thing. And I didn't want to deal with him, and I didn't want to face him. The next few days, I kind of hid from him. That, that, that's how it is with God. When you got sin in your heart, you, you push away from God. You, that's why confession is so important. It wasn't until I went to my dad and said, it was a few days after, dad, you're going to find out. I need to tell you. But the other night coming home from church, I got a ticket. And, and it was like, 
confession, man, it's like you hold it in, it doesn't make you prosper. When, when you get it out, and he was merciful and he was gracious, I don't even remember what he did, but I'm still alive, so, 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 so it couldn't have been that bad. And I just remember the confession part. Confession allows us to draw close to God. Confession, it prepares the way for worship. You know, you know what, what, uh, we, what uh, Naomi said, Ruth, before you go in to present yourself before your kinsman redeemer, clean up, put on some perfume. Clover Hill, before you go into the presence of God in just a minute, uh, get right. Confess some sin if it's in you. God, I picked up an offense this week, and, and I need to forgive that person. God, I, I've rolled around in the dirt. I've rolled around in some sin this week, and, and I want you to know I'm sorry for it. And, and if you'll help me, I don't want to go back to that thing. God, I allowed my mind to worry it and to have doubt and fear. And I know that's not your heart for me. And I just want to, I just want to confess that. And I, I'm praying you'll give me some faith. And God, I've learned, let my tongue run a little reckless this week. And I've said some things I shouldn't have said. And, and Lord, I just pray that you'll forgive me and you'll help me. And, and you'll keep watch over the doors of my lips. And you'll set a guard over my mouth, God. I just, I just confess. And this is what happens. This is what God says. Come now, let's settle the matter. Let's just get the thing on the table. Let's just open up. Let's just be honest with God. Though, and, and, and when you are, though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, I'll make them as wool. Tonight, in just a minute, we're going to have an opportunity where we're just going to, not publicly, obviously, but where you can just get your heart right with God. And you can make a way. Hey, Ruth, before you go into the presence of the, before you go into your redeemer, your kinsman redeemer, before you go into your deliverer or your redeemer, wash up, put on some perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Here, here's the next point I think is, is important. Why, why would she need to change clothes? Because she's in mourning. She's still wearing mourning clothes. She, she's still mourning the loss of her, of her husband. She's just come out of a severe fa- famine. I mean, she's not, she's probably not a real uh, ha- happy camper. She's not uh, really excited probably about life. And, 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 and when you come into your, God's presence, here's the, here's the application. We need to change what we're wearing. If you're depressed, if you're in the mully grubs, if you're feeling blue, if you're so- feeling sorry for yourself or having a pity party, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling us, hey, let's, do, let's turn our frowns upside down. God understands and identifies with your pain, and he does. If you're hurting today, if some bad things have happened to you today, God identifies, and God sympathizes, and Jesus is able to empathize. But I need you to know he responds to your faith, and he inhabits your praise. He understands and identifies with your pain, but he responds to your faith, and he inhabits your praise. There's one story in the Bible that never gets old to me, and it's Paul and Silas when they were in jail in Acts chapter 16. And they'd been thrown in jail because they went to a city to preach, and good things were happening. And this demon-possessed girl that was making money for her slave owners because she could foretell the future would not be quiet. And everywhere they went, she was causing a chaos and a stir. And finally, Paul looked at her and said, in the name of Jesus... Demon, come out of her and be clean. And immediately she was in her right mind, in her right state. And from that moment on, the, the owners got mad because now she couldn't make money for them. And, and, and they started to create a stir. And they brought Paul, uh, before, uh, Paul and Silas before the people. And they said, these guys are creating a, a stir in the city. And so the Bible says they beat them. They, they flog, here's what the Bible says. They flogged them severely. You remember who got flogged? Jesus. 
It was the same flogging, type of flogging, that Jesus experienced. They flogged them severely. They took them and threw them into the inner cell. It wasn't some outer cell. It was the inner cell where it was black, where it was cold, where it was nasty. They fastened their feet and their ankles to chains, to stocks, and they left them there to the next day. And at midnight, the Bible said, listen, God, he understands and he sympathizes and he can identify with your pain. But he responds to your faith and he inhabits your praise. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, that somehow they, they got some joy. I don't even know if they had it. They just started walking in faith. God, we're not going to allow what happened to us to keep us down. We're going to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We're going to lift our voice in, in honor and praise to God. We're going to rejoice in our Savior. We're going to give thanks in all things, for that's the will of God in Christ Jesus. And they began to bless him and praise him and honor him. God identifies with your pain, but he responds to your praise. And as they began to praise him, an earthquake shook the whole jail, and the shackles were released. And the Bible says that everybody in the prison's chain broke loose. You know, you, know what, you know what that means to me? Sometimes there's people in this place that don't have it in them to praise. There's sometimes people come so hurt and so discouraged and so distraught that they can't muster up any praise. That's why we all got to be praisers. That's why when we praise, we can break the chains potentially of somebody else. In the, the, the God inhabits the praises of his people. I'm, I'm just encouraging us. Hey, let's be praisers. Let's, let's go after God. When we, when we come into his presence, let's take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. I love Luke chapter 4. I love, I love the words of Jesus. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim, to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim the freedom for the captors and release from darkness those who are in prison. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Maybe you've had something crash and burn in 2017. And all you have is ashes. Jesus said, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. I'm going to do something good out of something bad. I'm going to give you joy where there was sorrow. I'm going to give you faith where there is fear. I'm going to give you hope where there's despair. Can, can I, man, I just, I just want to quit pre preaching and try to speak a word of prophetic word over you. I, I don't know what you're going through, but, but in the name of Jesus tonight, I just want to put my neck on that demon of discouragement, our, our depression, our defeat, our, our sorrow and gloom. And I want to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor, that he's going to comfort all who mourn, that he's going to exchange your ashes for beauty. So we need to take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. And, and regardless of your situation and your circumstance, give him your best tonight. Amen, everybody. Amen. Hey, Ruth, Ruth, you're about to go into the presence of Boaz. You need, to get, you need to get cleaned up. You need to get washed up. You need to put on some perfume. Sin stinks. Don't go into the presence of God with sin in your life. Confess it. Get it out. Get right. Get dressed in your best clothes. Hey, don't, don't, don't come in here in your morning gown. I know, I know you're upset, and I, I know you're hurting, but... Ruth, take that off. 
I don't want Boaz seeing you like that. There, there's, something, there's something God has in store for you. You put on a garment of praise, and then you go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. Praise team, get ready to come back. And when he lies down, note the place where he is lying. And then go and uncover his feet and lie down. As, as I was studying that, I found out that, that in that day, culturally, it was an act of humility. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this long, but I think when we go into the presence of God, we've got to confess. We've got to put on that garment of praise and come ready. And we've got to come humbly into the throne room of grace. We've got to come with an attitude that he's God and I'm not. That he's in charge and I'm not. That, that his ways are not my ways and my thoughts are not his thoughts. And, and, and God, God is over all and he's above all. And then that's what she told me to do. And here's the point I want to emphasize. And he will tell you what to do. Not only do you need to clean yourself, and not only do you need to change your clothes, you need to commit yourself. When you come to the presence of God, it's got to be with an attitude that, Lord, I don't want to just be a hearer of your word only. I want to be a doer of your word. I want to follow your word. I want to surrender to your word. I want to submit to your word. I want to respect your way. I want to follow your lead. I want to obey your commands. Listen, the God that we worship isn't some made man-made God. He's not some, some idol. He's not some fictional character. He's almighty God. He, he is the God who created you and sustained you and sent his son to die for you and is preparing a place for you and soon will come back for you. He is worthy of our full allegiance and our total surrender and our complete obedience. Hey, Clover Hill, Ruth, when you come into the presence of God, clean yourself. Quit making light of sin. The wages of sin is death. It'll destroy your relationship with God. Get it. Get it under the blood. Get it covered by his grace and, and make a commitment that you're going to renounce it and turn from it. Clothe yourself. Again, I don't know what you've come in here with, but I know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know that God's able to do above and beyond what you ask, think, or imagine. And I know that God understands your pain, but he'll respond to your praise because he inhabits the praises of his people. And then commit yourself. Come under his leadership, under his authority. God, not my way, but your way. Not, not what I feel like, but what, you, but what you want from me. God's a gracious, good God. He's deserving of our praise. He's deserving of our adoration. Tonight, I want you to, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want you to take a moment and say, God, I, I want to come into your presence, but I don't want to come. I don't want to come unclean. I don't want to come stained. I don't want to come stinky. Lord, will you wash me? Will you cleanse me? Will you apply the blood of Jesus to my, to my heart and to my life? The psalmist said, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, I open up my heart. Maybe there's a sin I'm not even aware of. Search me and show me and reveal to me. And I confess it to you, God. Lord, I agree with you that that's a sin. It's hurting me and it's hurting others. Forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I want to settle the matter once and for all. I, I, though my sins are like scarlet, make them as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, make them like wool, God. Lord, forgive me for my sharp tongue and my bad attitude and my wandering mind. Lord, forgive me today for my lack of faith.
forgive us today. Cleanse us today. Lord, I thank you that you're a forgiving God, that you're a merciful God. And when we confess, you forgive. Lord, when we draw near, you draw near. God, we, 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 we come into the house of the Lord tonight and we take off the spirit of heaviness. Lord, I, 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 I pray we'll put on the garment of praise. God, we, we, we just decide we're going to turn our frowns upside down. Lord, we're going we're, we're to quit telling God how big our mountain is and we're going to start declaring to our mountain how big our God is. We, we believe you. We trust you. God, we want you more than anything. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our adoration. We might not understand it, but, but you're working all things for our good because we love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, you're working behind the scenes. You're doing things we see not. Lord, you know all. You, you, and we bless you today, and we praise you today, and we honor you today. Will you, will you begin to lift your voice with mine? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, God. I bless your holy name. I praise your great name. I just declare Jesus, the name that's above every other name. Lord, I lift my hands. I lift my voice. You're a good God. You're a great God. You're worthy of our worship and adoration, thanksgiving, and praise today, Jesus.